Welcome to The Placer Life. I'm Scotty Sando. And I'm Chris Gray. And as promised, we're back to share a bonus episode of The Placer Dead, a follow-up to our previous episode where we shared a collection of unexplainable supernatural experiences at a couple of our museums. Stay tuned until the end of the podcast to learn how you could be featured in a future episode sharing your spooky story. In today's bonus episode, we break away from our museums to share the strange and downright creepy happenings at a local restaurant that sat just a few short steps away from the historic courthouse in Old Auburn. One-time Placer County resident, Lois Larimore, joins us to recount her unbelievable tale, including a separate story about a celebrity ghost sighting. The Placer Dead returns now. I worked at Butterworth. Oh gosh, I started working at Butterworth when I was 15, and that was around 1974, 75. And Butterworth opened for business in 1972. Mr. and Mrs. B made everyone feel welcome. It was like you were going into a a high-end English restaurant in downtown Auburn. It was English-style food, prime rib. Uh, Yorkshire puddings, they would do, you know, Welsh rarebit. Oh, just amazing dishes. Mr. B was, he looked like Santa Claus. He had a gray beard, courtly, beautiful English accent. Well, they were both from England. And um, Mrs. B was taller than him. She had salt and pepper hair. She wore glasses. and, And she was... A sturdy woman. Fit, sturdy. Let's let Lois set the stage for Butterworth's restaurant. Just as you walk in the door, there was the restaurant desk led you into the main dining room. Just behind the Butterworth, you know, reservation, welcome, whatever, was the stairs to take you to the residence. My sister was the strolling guitar player there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. I started bussing tables there during the summer. We all wore long, red, peasant-style skirts with a little wide waist belt and peasant tops, white peasant tops. That was our outfit. I set up for dinner on a Saturday after lunch. And I was there by myself. And I was cruising around in the second dining room, which is quite small. And something lifted my skirt. Up to the top of my shoulder. I freaked out, dropped the silverware, and ran out. Needless to say, I went all the way home. We didn't have cell phones or even pagers back then. So I went home and I I called the Butterworth. They had gotten back from their shopping and I told them what had happened. And they said, oh, Lois, don't take it to heart. That happens to all the girls. That means they like you. So I'd heard some other stories about the wine cellar downstairs. None of the waitresses wanted to go there because... Although the spirits that I encountered were fairly friendly and, you know, I think they just wanted to stir things up, the ones in the wine cellar were not so friendly. 
a couple of the waitresses that had wine bottles shoot out of the the actual little storage shed things. You know, I don't know what those are called, but they shot out at these waitresses. In other words, don't pick that wine, pick this one. But they weren't very nice about it. And, you know, my first experience led to many more. I think I worked there in for three, about three years. And when I was promoted to a waitress, that's when things got really busy in the spirit world. One of the other gals, Robin, Melanie, Melanie and Robin, and I were asked to stay the night when the Butterworths were going out of town. We later learned that everybody else had said no, even the cooks, even the busboy, and even the other waitresses said no. It ended up only being myself and Melanie because Robin, I'm not sure if she freaked out because her sister worked there and she knew what was going to happen or she really did get sick, but it was just the two of us, Melanie and I. And we were really excited because we thought, oh, because the Butterworths told us we could raid the fridge, we could have all of this dessert and all this other stuff. Well, we worked dinner that night, and then after everyone left, we had a bunch of dessert from the dessert cart, the chocolate mousse, all of this great food, and went upstairs and jumped into the Butterworth's big suite. It was a huge, giant room. So we settled in. They had a television up there. We started watching TV. The minute we started watching TV, the chandelier above the bed started to swing. And of course, we thought, oh, earthquake, earthquake, it's Auburn. Well, needless to say, at the same time, we had this freezing cold wind just come into the room, almost like a tornado type thing. And we just looked at each other and freaked out. And we said, you know what, maybe, maybe some, we thought maybe some of the other staff, we were, we were all very close. You know, we had picnics, we had barbecues together. We thought that they were just having a go at us. So uh, we, we decided we'd go downstairs to see what was up. At that time, we walked into walked downstairs into the main dining room. Against the wall is the dessert cart. We hadn't cleaned it up yet because we raided it. Well, the dessert cart had decided to move on its own into the other dining room. We did not move it. We didn't see it being moved, but neither of us touched that dessert cart because we hadn't cleaned it up. We were going to do that in the morning. So this kind of freaked us out. But at that time, we also thought, okay, okay. We know that Rodney, the chef, has keys. He's probably playing around with us. We walked into the kitchen, and the lights were on, and we heard chopping sounds like there was nothing there. Nothing. We screamed, ran upstairs, jumped into bed, and held each other all night. Even though we heard moans and groans, the window, they had those window trellis things in homes of that age above the doors in the bedroom. That kept going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. 
It was the craziest night of my life. Oh my God, and we couldn't leave because we had said we would look after the house. So after the Butterworths returned, and mind you, this we were there too. We had to spend one more night there. So uh, the, the following night was not as active. I think that they had gotten used to us. However, we did wake up to a flooded overflow dining room, so staff room, because whatever spirit decided to shove this silver pitcher, heavy cast silver, under the, you know, those in a restaurant, um, the, the station, they have those waters, and, and they had this spirit had shoved it under there. It could not. It had to be shoved there for you couldn't do this. It it, it would stop on its own. So it if you were filling it up, it would stop. So it was shoved there. There must have been two inches of water on the carpet. That's what we woke up to that morning. And you know we we didn't have anything else happen for the rest of our stay. Um, but the, I think that one of the things that every other person that worked there saw besides me was the clock face. This is the first thing my sister told me about. When I started working there, my sister said, you know, Lois, she said, when I'm singing in this one room, they, they touch me, they whisper in my ear. And I said, oh, okay. I didn't, of course, I'm thinking, yeah, but... My sister was five years older than me, so I just, I wasn't so sure about her story. So the clock face is, it was a clock that was in the spillover dining room, um, mantle-type clock. The, the, the little, oh gosh, it's like a clear door that opens and closes so you can set the hand. That would open close, open, and it would change the time to seven o'clock. So whatever significance that is, whatever significance that time is, but I never saw that happen, but every other waitress there did. Grab your flashlight, folks. Lois goes down into the basement. When somebody orders a bottle of wine, of course, you've got to go down and pick it out, serve it, whatever. So I went down, and I think they wanted a Syrah, which um, uh, the Butterworths had an amazing, amazing wine cellar and amazing selection. So as I went down to pull down, to pull out the bottle of wine that was ordered, my hand was guided to the right. Totally different bottle, and I could not get back over to the other. It was like a, it was an invisible force pushing, pushing my arm, like, like almost like a centrifugal kind of force thing. I don't know how to describe it. So I freaked out. That freaked me out because I had always felt, um, I don't want to say evil. I don't like that word. I'd always felt like that there were malevolent, malevolent, whatever that word is, (laughs) spirits down there. They never made me feel comfortable. And everyone else said the same thing. That was not, you know, people used to pay each other to go down and get a bottle of wine. So I did, Mrs. B just went and got the bottle and she didn't have a problem. And she just said to me, she said, 
you know, just walk in with confidence. She said, you know how this house is. And of course, this was after we had already stayed the night there. But the Butterworths were well aware of the spirits there, as were, you know, all the staff. We'd all seen it or heard it or felt it. But we did see a little girl, probably 1870 to 1880 type era. And we saw her fleeting. I was setting up. It was another Saturday afternoon. I was there on my own. I should know better by now. And I had put, because I set up one table in that second dining room. Let's see. I think there were only eight or nine tables in that room. And I had all this silverware because I would put them on each table. Well, I went into the kitchen to get something and all the silverware was on one table. And I had set, I had, that's right, I forgot my napkins. So I went into the kitchen to get the napkins and I had put the, the correct place settings, not all together, just like in a bundle on each table. So I knew I'd grab the napkins. Boom. Came out. Every freaking table setting from every table was on the front table. And I just said, come on. I, I wasn't scared. I just said, come on. Come on. I want to go to the river. It was summer. I'll never forget that. I think that really ticked me off. Didn't scare me. I was just kind of pissed off because it took a you know extra ten minutes to reset. Apparently, Mr. Butterworth still makes his presence known, even though he's been on the other side for a couple of decades. Okay, a little background here. Years later, Lois moved away from Auburn and returned for a reunion, connecting with an old friend. The restaurant had since closed, and the Christmas store opened in its place. She said, Lois, guess what happened? They called the Christmas store, and Mr. B answered the phone. I go, She said, yeah. Hello. Hello. Welcome, Welcome to, to Butterworths. How, How can I help, can I help you today? And I just, I went, oh, whoa, what? She said, yeah. I called back and same number. She, go, she goes, I freaked out. I hung up. Called back. Christmas store, how can I help you? Okay. The time has come to hear Lois's celebrity ghost sighting story, which doesn't take place in Placer County, but still takes place in a pretty famous California spot, Santa Monica's Georgian Hotel which in its heyday was the go-to spot for Hollywood's elite to find respite from the limelight. I think it was 2003. Joan Quigley, astrologer to the Reagans, was a friend of mine, and she had hired me to write her life story. Uh, I'm a writer. And um, so she put me up in the Georgian Hotel. It's the beautiful turquoise green seafoam hotel on the beach. It's the oldest hotel in Santa Monica. So I lived there for a year. And my favorite, I did see a lot of activity. I was even invited down into the speakeasy, which was so cool. It was not open to the public, but it was still like it was from the 40s. And I saw a lot of activity there. But the best was I was in the elevator and they had that old fashioned elevator and it had a elevator 
I don't know what you call him, a guy in there. And he was he, he was older and he had his little hat on in his uniform and I was on the sixth floor and I got into the elevator and I just immediately felt like when you see when you see someone that that and I looked and I turned around and I went Oh my gosh. Did you see that? That was Clark Gable. And he said, oh, Miss Lois, Mr. Gable makes his presence known quite often. You know, this is where he likes to go to get out of heaven. <laughs> yeah, he looked exactly like he did in Gone with the Wind. Like, exactly. And you know, they say that when spirits, uh, when a spirit makes their presence known here, they, will, they come back looking as they, in their mind, the best they ever looked in their life. And you know, the, the elevator guy, gosh, his name escapes me for now, but he, it, it's like it was a normal occurrence. It was like a scene from a film. It was the weirdest thing ever, but I loved it. It was, you know, it was, it, I, even before I turned around, I felt as if I was in the presence of an awesome energy. And apparently the Georgian Hotel is still frequented by, that's where everyone went to get away from Hollywood, Santa Monica. Or they would go up to um, where I live in the high desert. The high desert, Roy Rogers, Dale Evans. So they either went to the Georgian or they came up here. So they, uh, Carol Lombard, Clark Gable have been seen in the elevator. W.C. Fields. I didn't personally, I only ever saw Clark. But the stories I heard about the Georgian, and it is listed as one of the top 10 haunted hotels in America as well. Red, Red, you go. What shall I go? What shall I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Thank you, Lois, for sharing your spooky experiences with the Placer Life. We'll definitely keep an eye on the old Butterworth's restaurant. Now, if you didn't catch the first part of this mini podcast series for the Placer Life, definitely go back and take a listen. We talked to Ralph Gibson, our museum's administrator, and one of the points that we found especially important from that uh, conversation was ghost stories really are history. That's why we're talking to Lois. And if you have personal experiences with the supernatural in Placer County, especially ones that you think speak to times gone by, we'd love to hear them. Email us at placerghosts at gmail.com and you could be featured in a future episode. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share the episode and we will keep churning out new ones featuring the people, places, and stories of Placer County. I'm Scotty Sando. I'm Chris Gray. You've been listening to The Placer Life.